You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. guest today his love for goalkeeping is as big as his love for moscow mules he's played in australia for three years snake scared the shit out of him he's from markham ontario uh, he played for calvin college in michigan he plays for calvary fc and most importantly he has the most expensive name to get on the back of a jersey in the cpl ladies and gentlemen the bar staff of down the pole podcast are proud to present nico jensopoulos Um, to say you don't have to be crazy to be a goalkeeper, but it helps. The embodiment of that statement is our guest, Calvary keeper, Nico uh, Giansopoulos. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We're also joined by show stalwarts Chris Terrell and Carlos Benitez. Welcome again, gentlemen. Thank you, Anthony, for having us again. Oh, Cheers, brother. Pleasure. Cheers. Thanks for coming on, Nico. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't realize you guys have accents. I might need subtitles halfway through this interview sometimes. <laughs> you've, got that, you've got that weird uh, Australian twang now, so we're having to <laughs> with you too, man. So, uh. No, I think it's because I had a couple of drinks. I might <laughs> <laughs> Speak, speaking of which, I need to uh, crank up my heart. Yeah, here. mine's mine's been cracked. So, so, um, so first question I have for you is... Um, We've obviously seen like Bruce Grobelaar do the wobbly legs in the European Cup final. Uh, Julio Cesar chirping at Zlatan when he's about to take a penalty kick. Um, but nothing really compares to what you did. Uh, <laughs> tell us what happened and what possessed you to uh, kick the ball away like that. Yeah. Um, basically, we faced three penalties in a row for the three consecutive weeks. Um, and because of that, I, one of my evenings I just spent on YouTube just watching, you know, goalkeeper highlights and, and crazy penalty moments. That's what I searched up. And eventually I went down the wormhole and saw a video of a, of a goalkeeper uh, kicking the ball away on the penalty spot. It was during a, a shootout, but nonetheless, he did it and he ended up saving it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it worked. I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll put that in, in the memory bank and uh, maybe I'll, I'll pull it out one day. Literally the following the weekend, we faced the penalty. And then I obviously wasn't thinking about it, but as soon as the penalty was called, um, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. Obviously not thinking, oh, for, I'm going to for sure save it. But obviously I didn't even think about the consequences. If I didn't, I kicked it. And then I ended up saving it. And then it's, it's, it is what it is. So, so what would happen if the goal was in? What would you do? <laughs> Well, I mean, the video would still be viral, but I'd just be an idiot instead of kind of like a funny goalkeeper crazy guy. 
So I'd, I'd be the exact same person as I am now. I wouldn't be bothered by it, but people would just view me slightly different. <laughs> like I remember people like when I kicked it and they were like looking like they were going to get another ball. I just, yeah, obviously the people, cause they thought it was like a sign of like disrespect. I was mad at the call, but that, that wasn't it in the slightest. I just thought it would have given me a slight advantage and that's why I did it. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Reminds me that uh, the guy from, was it Ghana in the World Cup back in the day who didn't understand the rules and just like start kicking the ball away every time Brazil tried to take a free kick. It was amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I, um, I, saw on, I saw on YouTube that you have a fear of snakes and um, you were doing like a 20 questions thing with, with Sergio, I think it was. And you seemed kind of crestfallen that you didn't see any in Australia uh, when you played there. What was the scariest thing you saw when you were there? The scariest? That's a good thing. The, the, they have huntsman spiders over there, which, I mean, if, if snakes don't scare you, then spiders will. Uh, yeah, huts, huts, they're, they're massive. And they're just like, I mean, I'm in a car right now. It's just like literally the size of my hand on a window. Um, so those, oh, sometimes they appeared at my house. They were never inside my house, which obviously made me – but seeing them outside of my window at night was – was terrifying so no that was definitely scary <laughs> yeah, my, my, my buddy lived down there and he said they're just like regular house spiders like that's how fucked up australia is that the regular house spider looks like a monster <laughs> for sure and when i like saw it for the first time i'm like freaked out and my roommate is like oh man that's, that's like a small one and i swear to God, this thing was like <laughs> the size of my hand and i'm like these guys are crazy uh, this is just a note to Nikos. I was reading on your Instagram, so I see that you were graduated from Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can Read. Can you tell us more about <laughs> that? How did you get your diploma? Yeah, good old Derek uh, hooked me up with a degree from that. It's oh. just, I obviously love the Zoolander movies. Obviously, the first one's better than the second one, but I love them both, and I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's funny. Because I, I like, like, making fun of people who, like, put, like, their uh, graduate of this school. So I haven't graduated from college yet, so I figured it'd be funny if I just put that in mind to kind of... So if you're a big fan of if you're a big fan of Zoolander, would you consider next penalty that you save? Would you make a celebration like Zoolander, like maybe like a, throw a, a blue steel or something to the crowd? <laughs> I can guarantee you, if I save a penalty next time, I will do a blue steel. I'll try to find the camera if it's around. <laughs> but I will if you're do in Halifax, it's in the corner. If you're in Halifax, there's one right in the corner to your right. If you're in front of the kitchen. So that's just a tip if you do it here. Yeah, yeah you got to do it, you know. <laughs> deal. I mean, yeah. Oxner saved the penalty against us. Yeah. One time, that was his opportunity to do it, you know. Guys are missing out on these crazy, funny, oh, we, funny little videos. We felt let down by him, to be honest with you. We we're just like, is that fucking it? Like, where's the celebration <laughs> here, man? You know, where's the blue steel? 
Next time I see him, I'll pull, I'll pull off the side and give him tips of uh, how to win over the crowd. You do uh, like a casual like, competition. Like, you know, what was the other guy? It was Zoolander. What was the other guy? Uh, Owen Wilson's <laughs> character that they had like a Kagwa competition. What was it? Uh, uh, Owen Wilson or uh, Will Ferrell? His character, yeah, yeah. O Owen Wilson's character. <laughs> You're not going yeah. to do like a, that, like a walk off or something, you know, like to keep me and Ox me and Oxner. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm definitely not agreeing to that, but <laughs> that's tough. You talk to Christian about it and then you get back to me. That's I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. All right. Deal. Last year you had a unique situation where Marco ended up getting called up to the national team. Um, from our perspective over here, we only had the two goalkeepers and so did you guys, but your coach ended up being your backup for a couple of those games. What was that like? Yeah, it was, it, it was funny because Santi, I mean, first of all, Santi's a great goalkeeper coach and a, and a great guy. And obviously he had a good career when he played. So he was really talented. Unfortunately, injuries, I think, got the best of him. And, and that's why he, he transitioned yeah. into coaching. But, I mean, Jordan's got the best banner on the team sometimes. And, uh, you know, he's poking fun at me. Like, we'd be training that week. And obviously Marco was in camp. And I was taking all the, you know, the number one reps as you would. And, And if, if Tommy walked by, Jordan would be like, oh, Tommy, like, I don't know, Nico's looking shaky. Like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. So, uh, it was good. I mean, again, once it came to the game, he was 100% professional. Um, but Jordan wouldn't miss an opportunity to, to crack a couple of jokes along the way. So it was an awesome experience. I was glad um, that the way it went. It went smoothly. He didn't have to make an appearance, luckily. And uh, – Yeah, we're all good. I, I kept saying my, like, shirt back to him was, you know, you keep talking, I'll just fake an injury in this game, and then, then you'll have to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I especially, think I especially, as hot as, especially as hot as you guys were, like, you could have pulled that off in the league just, you know, to – and like you said, he's a good keeper, so it's not like you guys would have been throwing away points. He might have ended up keeping a few points on the board for you, so – no, I could have extended his career if I maybe uh, faked an injury that game. So, I mean, maybe, so maybe the, next time. Is that the plan this year, too, potentially, if, uh, if Marco gets called up again? I don't know, guys. I don't get too many games as it is. So, when I, when I play, I'm just going to try to stay in the net. <laughs> straight up, bro. Straight <laughs> up. And about that, too, like, uh, you, you got a reputation, actually, last year when you played as one of the best backup goalkeepers in the league. And, I was wondering if coming back to Calgary was always the intention for you or if, if there were other offers on the table for you to maybe get more playing time knowing the situation with Marco. Not to get too much into your business, but I was just wondering, just because you were one of the names I was actually low-key interested in maybe coming to Halifax to kind of battle with Christian a little bit. Um, I was wondering what your intentions were during that offseason, if you were always coming back or not. Yeah, I mean, the way my contract was built, I had an option. I think obviously because I had a bit of success, uh, Calgary was going was gonna to take that. I really had no issues with that. I, I wanted to honor my contract. I didn't want to cause anything like that. Um, I love being here at Calgary. I think I could learn so much uh, from Tommy, Martin, and Jordan, all the coaching staff really. Um, I thought it was a great environment. Obviously, I, I, I believe I could be a number one um, in the league, and, and I'm, I'm confident in that. And if I had to come back this year, which I was planning on doing and all that, um, I just want to be the best version of myself. And then at the end of this year, whatever happens, happens. But I, I, I was happy coming back with Calgary, and, and I love it here. And it's such a good environment and all that. You know, not to be too PC here, but 
um, honestly, I really do like it here, and I, I had no issues coming back. And I know I could I could prove myself again, uh, just like I did last year. Sergio uh, helped you get the the position in in Calgary. Uh, so how much do you owe hit your career to him? <laughs> yeah, I can't admit that on on this because then you'll hold that over my head. Obviously, I'm, I'm very thankful he he put his name on the line to recommend me. Um, so I owe him a bit. I also don't think if I just went there and sucked, I wouldn't have signed either. I think I had to do something a bit on my own. In all seriousness, it was a, it was awesome of him to put his name because really in this game, you're only as good as your word. Um, so when you recommend someone to your coach, it means a lot. So um, going into that prospects camp, I knew I had to put my best foot forward for myself, but also because Sergio put his, uh, his, put his uh, word on the line. So um, it was nice to, to repay him and, and performing well during that trial and I guess uh, last year as well. So did you pay him an agent's fee? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I put up with his crops. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I think I'd rather pay an agency fee. <laughs> you, you guys are roommates, right? We are roommates, yeah. So you do the dishes. That, that's the, <laughs> <way>. <laughs> the thing is, if we got in our apartment dynamic, it'd be we could have a whole podcast on this. I mean, <laughs> dynamic, but uh, we cook for ourselves, and and he cooks for himself, so we do our own dishes. But this guy, if I leave one fork in the sink, he'll he'll start cooking after. He's like, Nico, you left the fork in the thing. Come here and do it, so I could start cooking. I'm like, this guy, man, one fork. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, but, uh, they don't pay you. They definitely don't pay enough for that shit, man. Jesus. <laughs> no, I think I might work that into next year's contract. $100 per fork, man. <laughs> so, so when you were in, uh, you were, I hate to go back to Australia, but I just thought it was like a really interesting career choice for you. Uh, you were playing for the Devonport Strikers when they beat uh, Lampton Jaffas in the FA, the FFA Cup. The only reason I'm saying it is it just looked like such an incredible game in front of 2,000 fans. Like, what was it like? No, it was really cool. And again, up in that point in my career, that was the coolest and the biggest moment of my career. Like that, that game, obviously it, it poured down rain and the club I was playing for is a very small club in Tasmania. There's 32 teams that make them to FFA Cup, uh, like proper rounds that's on Fox Sports. And we were absolutely team number 32. Like nobody heard of us. We were the smallest team, smallest wages, everything. Um, and we kind of just like thrived on that and made that a little bit of a Cinderella story. And obviously we ended up beating the Jaffas, but it was awesome. Like the whole, I mean, Devonport's only a city of maybe, I could be wrong, but I wouldn't say like 15,000. Um, and they're saying that's the biggest sporting event in North, in like the North of Tasmania history, like of all time. And soccer, I mean, it's big over there, but like they're all about rugby and, and AFL, which is like Australian football. Yeah. Um, and they would say that's still the biggest sporting event uh, that's ever happened there. So it was, it was awesome to be a part of that. Obviously we won, um, but now the club Devonport has, uh, has grown so much a lot because of that game, because they obviously got tons of money, um, lots of more exposure from the media and stuff like that. So um, they've made the best of that situation. And now I would say they're the, they're the new top club in, uh, in Tasmania. So, it feels good to be a part of that because I love my time there. I love the people there. I, I will never say anything bad about um, my year there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, to see where they're at now. 
what was the party like afterwards? Because it looked like it was going to be crazy. <laughs> the thing was, we were in the middle of like winning the league. So the cup happened on a Wednesday and then we had a game on Saturday and like we were so caught up on winning the league the next week, like the following Saturday that I remember like we only like stayed at the club rooms till like 11 or 12 and we're like, all right, like we got practice tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. like everyone was still so hung up on, which obviously is a regret now because we were obviously going to win the league. We were like, seven points clear with like two games like i don't know we weren't mathematically winning but we were gonna win we just didn't enjoy the win but i mean we ended up like winning it the following weekend and then the party that weekend was probably the biggest time because <laughs> I, I don't know remember if you saw that chris you watched the clip there's yeah. a guy there's a guy the striker i think it was at the end of it did like an interview and it was like the most Australian interview of all time <laughs> like big tick really fast Australian thing like going Mike, burr, 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 burr. and then you walked off. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I know. I literally know exactly the interview you're talking about because the next day, whenever that inter- we saw the interview, obviously on social media, we roasted him so hard in the change room. Like, if you not like slow down, like you were talking so fast. And then to be fair to him, he actually had a bit, a bit of good banner. He like put it on his. I think Facebook is Facebook over there is huge. And he put like the interview and he's like, if only I could like slow down or something. Like that. So he like made fun of himself. So I gave it to him, but yeah. I feel like I want to take the clip and then just like reduce it by half. <laughs> just to see what he says. Cause I have no idea. <laughs> Even then. Even then. Brayden, how's it feel you through to the round of 16? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, a bit, it's all a bit surreal at the moment. Yeah, obviously, I've been here twice and lost on penalty, so it's, it's a bit of an emotional thing for me just to get through. I couldn't have done with a better bunch of blokes. You know, we fought hard. I was just, uh, this is more like regarding to um, Intasmania, sorry to, to bring it up again. So when you were in Tasmania, did you get a chance to go to Australia often to watch like some matches there? Like, you know. So you're saying like, you're saying like the mainland? The mainland, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... That year, so that year actually, yeah. So at, throughout the year, we only play teams. So it's the second division. You only play in your like in your state, yeah. and then you move on. If you win your league, then it goes into playoffs against the other conferences. Basically, um, obviously, we ended up winning, so we got to go to. We played in Perth, uh, WA, which is on the complete other side of Australia. So I got to go there, um, and then the end of that season. Um, one of the youth teams actually asked me if I could be like an assistant coach uh, to their trip in uh, the Gold Coast. Oh, so I got and wow. like everything was everything was paid. So I actually got to go to the Gold Coast and like Surfers Paradise for, uh, for ten days and like be an assistant coach with the youth team. Um, and obviously, like I, I did that job, but when we weren't practicing or playing, like I was, I was either at the beach or down the strip. I was just trying to. Because that was my first time really on the mainland properly. So uh, I took uh, full advantage of that and I saw a bunch of the city. And then the following year I lived, I signed with a team in Newcastle, um, which is like north of Sydney. So then then is when I I went to Brisbane, I went to Sydney, I went to Melbourne. So I I traveled more um, Mm -hmm. in the later years uh, when I was in Australia. I went to all the major cities Mm -hmm. and like the best, the best like downtown scenes. Well, that's great. Do you find any similarities, like travel-wise, like for being a soccer player? Because it's such a huge land compared to Canada. 
it's almost I think it's bigger, obviously it's almost a continent, but I think it's pretty like, close. Regarding, it's regarding to the CPL, like do 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 you think that that helped you as a keeper, you know, because now you're playing Calvary and a lot of players are striving to the schedule, to the long hours on the on the plane, etc. Do you think that that probably like help you out to adapt better in the Canadian Premier League? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. To answer your question directly, no, because when you play in these state leagues, like I said, throughout the regular season, you don't tr you don't travel that far. However, in Tasmania, there's only two teams in the north, and the rest of the teams are in the south in Hobart. So every when I was playing for Devonport, um, we had like three and a half hour bus rides every single weekend to Hobart, and sometimes we'd go the, the night before. So I wasn't used to flying and, and going through time zones, but definitely long bus rides and then being ready to play. Um, I think also kind of my college career also helped with that. Again, not with flying, but we always had kind of like three, four-hour bus rides that we had to do for, you know, in-conference um, games. So I definitely think that helped me a bit. Um, other than that, like, I just don't really like to I, – I never really think about – the flight and all that, it obviously helps being a goalkeeper because you're not asked to be, you know, running crazy kilometers and stuff like that. Goalkeeping is a lot more mental. Um, it's, not, it's less physical. So um, I wouldn't say it gave me a huge advantage, but maybe a bit more resilience um, in, in my game. We're just talking about coaching that youth team in Australia, um, kind of following you on social media and, and, and just seeing the type of personality you are. You remind me of a coach in a way. Um, somebody that a player can can talk to and that you can reach a level of authority while at the same time seeing where the player is coming from. Is that something that you're you're looking at into your future? Yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with coaching. Um, I enjoy, like, I love helping the youth because I feel like I, I might have missed a bit of, like, youth coaching when I was younger, more in the goalkeeping department because it was so tough for youth teams to have a, a specialized goalkeeper coach. Um, so I, I really like it when I could, you know, coach youth and I could have a small, maybe one or two kids and I could just kind of take them under my wing and I could teach them little things. So I, I really do enjoy that. And I could see myself doing that, but it, I, I don't think I could do it in like the, the Timbits league. Yeah. Because then I, I still do enjoy like them, You know, like, I think my personality doesn't work that well sometimes with little kids. Like, sometimes I might say a joke that may be a bit offside, and, and little kids might be offended. <laughs> But someone who's maybe, like, 18 years old That's, could really yeah. like it. And so I think some if I could get into a university coaching job yeah. or even a CPL coaching job um, as a goalkeeper coach, it's definitely something I'm interested in. I would never turn down. Uh, it really all depends. I wouldn't say I'm – that's my plan going forward, but it's definitely something I enjoy doing. Well, I mean, hopefully <laughs> right now hopefully, I just want to play. Exactly. Like I was just about to say, hopefully you're still playing for at least another 10, 15 years, brother. So, I mean, I know you're 25, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah so. 25 and a half. Let's, let's give you, let's give you 10 more years at the minimum, hopefully. So, you know, we'll, we'll worry about the coaching down the road. But the other thing that I was going to touch on was about what you were talking about with goal, goalkeeper preparation being more mental than physical How have you recovered and kind of reset yourself during this whole coronavirus thing with, I guess, the restart on the horizon? We're not going to try to pry any, any information out of you with how you guys are starting your training programs or anything, but 
I know it's very different as a goalkeeper compared to a player. And I haven't had the opportunity to ask a goalie how they've been kind of dealing with this. So how have you been dealing with it as a goalie? Yeah, it's a great question because it is very different than um, how a player is dealing with this right now. So I, I think first and foremost, like you need to be like ready mentally. Um, and I think that's something you do on your own in, in your own kind of ways. So whether that's watching tape or watching your own highlights or watching other goalkeepers just stream to be and just kind of still enjoying the game. I, I find the toughest part during these times is if I'm just like working out at home, doing stuff that I have to do, but I, I don't fully enjoy it. I, I, you know, that, that desire to, to get on the field, it, it might, it might fizzle away. So I, I want to make sure I'm enjoying everything I do. And to be fair to the coaching staff here, all the stuff that they've done and, We've had conversations with them where they've kind of like uh, tweaked it to what we think we need to work on has kept me always engaged, intrigued and, and still hungry. I think I'm even more hungry coming out of this um, than I was during the off season. Um, little things that I've been doing personally. And I get, again, I think it's different for every player, but also every goalkeeper is hone. I don't think I could become a better I don't think I get my hands much better during this time, especially if I'm on my own because I can't get people serving to me. You can't get proper strikes and all that. But one thing you can do right now is work on your feet. So I, I could, I've been hopping in a lot. Obviously, Sergio's my roommate, so I've been doing a lot of, of his kind of workouts with him on the ball stuff. Okay. Um, working on my touch, distribution, different types of passing, even dribbling because, again, just the more familiar you are with the ball. Um, so that's kind of how I've been doing it. And because it's something new and something I actually think I can improve on during this time, I'm 100% engaged and, and I'm, I'm fully invested in it. So I'm, I'm in a great space right now and uh, awesome. I'm, I'm ready for w whatever happens uh, happen to happen. Awesome. The last, the last bit on that too, um, you were just talking about um, how you're doing your workouts with Sergio. In terms of like your physical workouts, working on your jumping, diving, kind of that, that movement, the stuff that I know that keepers really have to keep active. Has it been difficult finding the space to do those kind of training sessions? Like, is there a field that you've been doing your dives at least a little bit? Like, is, has that been difficult to kind of stay in motion? Yeah. So, so in the winter, it was very tough. <laughs> like, I, I don't think anyone it was expecting me to go dive on snow and stuff like that. So obviously I wasn't doing that. So I was during the, when it, we were still snow and we were in quarantine, I was more focusing to be honest on like jumping in my apartment, explosive movements, tons of workouts that the club provided with us. Now that, uh, you know, we have avail, we could go on grass and not snow. Um, I've utilized a lot of the bungee cord. We have a bungee cord that you can just hook to any fence, you know, anywhere around the city and just doing that. Tons of jumps, lateral movements, front and back. Um, so that's kind of the main tool I've been using uh, to work on goalkeeper movements. And then again, it's, it's never bad to do a couple, you know, dives here and there, different kind of goalkeeper fitness that keeps you accustomed with, you know, again, goalkeeping positioning and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. Um, but I mean, again, speaking with the goalkeeper coach, uh, you know, Santi here, um, we have a plan for when, whenever we uh, get going in whatever capacity. 
Awesome. No, that's fantastic answer, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's, it's, it's always been fascinating to me. Like Anthony said at the very start, it's being a goalkeeper is a different kind of mentality. And this whole thing, you know, it's, this is new for everybody, but for a goalie, it's gotta be a whole totally different world. So I appreciate your insight, brother. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, that, that may be the most cookie cutter answer you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Wanderers fans, so you played against Halifax last year. So what did you make of uh, the game against us? But no, I mean, what did I think of the games or the atmosphere or the, what? The, the atmosphere, sorry. Yeah, the atmosphere was cool. And, and me and me, Marco and Jordan actually talked about a lot because, again, we're usually the first ones that go on. The goalkeepers are always the first ones that go on the field for warm-ups. And at all the fields, it's weird because usually when we walk out maybe 45 minutes before a game, there's really no one in the crowd and that's normal I would say for the most part but you know you you just like playing in front of a crowd even if they're not your fans you just like playing in front of people and 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 that that kind of aspect and you know hearing chirps from the crowd and all that but what I always found was cool at Halifax was when we went to go warm up there was still I mean I don't know how many people but there was the most people out of all the stadiums which always made the warm-ups more fun like I I can't remember, but like people were joking around with me and yeah. stuff like that. And <laughs> even with Marco and it was good. Like it, it just makes the experience more enjoyable for us, but I'm sure it makes the experience more enjoyable for the fans that, you know, you guys get, let's just say two hours of, of entertainment because you guys are all there. It's a big party and stuff like that instead of, you know, maybe just 90 minutes just when the game's going on. So I always thought that was kind of unique about Halifax. Um, and I hope in the future, like other, it's more like that in the other teams. And I'm sure it will once the league continues to grow. Um, but yeah, that, that was one thing that definitely stood out. Um, and I always remembered when we were heading to Halifax, like, oh, it'll be cool at the warm up. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, that, That's it, cool. I'm sure you uh, chirp back just as much as they were chirping at you, right? So <laughs> for sure. I, I can't even remember. I was obviously joking around, but. Like, Marco's doing his kicks, and I'm by the sidelines there. And you guys have, like, not where the benches are on the other side. There's, like, people who sit basically, like, courtside, essentially. Yeah. And there's, like, a little thing there. And then one kid yelled something at me, and I just, like, look at him. And then I go, hey, where's a, where's a good night to go out in, in Halifax? <laughs> and that's all I say, and I'm just kind of kidding and messing around. And then he, like, runs off. So I thought, I'm like, oh, see, you didn't get my humor. Couple kicks go back and forth. And then all of a sudden, I hear, like, the dome. Yeah. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you got to go to the pint. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, Who's, where's this guy's parents? How does he know? That's where, where, we, that's where we ran to. He went to get advice from mom and dad so we could give it to you. <laughs> He must have. So, I mean, I don't, I, hopefully that kid listens to this podcast and I can find out who he is for next time I'm in Halifax. But So, so um, when, when uh, I think it was when Edmonton were in town, their, their keeper has like a yellow jersey and there was two kids that were in that same spot chirping him, like uh, like singing like a big yellow banana at him or something like that. So it's probably those two same kids. Probably. I, I, that's, I think that's their, their roles in the club is to cheer the, the other players. So. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but yeah, the pint's a good spot. It is a good spot. <laughs> I can't know sure. what Shout out to the pint. Shout out to the pint. We're always looking for places to record. So once all this uh, 
gets back at the point once the host is with some free beer. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it seems like in Calgary, um, all the bars are kind of like open here. Pretty much like everything is closed, which is weird because it's Halifax. Um, how are you like dealing with, you know, all this like not social distancing, but like for you, like, you know, like getting back to normal because like you need to get out like fresh air besides training, like take your mind because being at your apartment training all the time, like you feel like a lion in a cage, especially like a guy, like a personality like you, like you, how do you deal with it? Like with this, because things are starting slowly to get back to normal. Like what's your insight in it? Like how you been dealing with this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough because obviously, you know, again, during this season, I'm not like hitting up the bars or anything like that, but like I'm going to coffee shops and, you know, going to parks, seeing friends and all that stuff. So I'm still doing plenty of social stuff. Um, and obviously since everything closed, it's been tough, a, a new habit I've, I've gotten into and I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue it is I've been going on crazy walks, like literally like two hour walks awesome. um, just throughout the city. I found like crazy trail, not trails are like more paths and along the river and different parts of downtown Calgary. Cause I lived here last year and I just feel like I didn't really properly explore it. Cause obviously Calgary is a good city, but there's so much natural beauty here and, and good walks and the people are so friendly. Um, so that's what I've, I started doing kind of just to get out of the house. Um, but then now since this has extended so long, it's now just the chances to like see people and like smile, give them a head nod, you know, maybe honestly, maybe you strike up like a random conversation it's, with, it's true with different people. And, and I've, I've been doing that and I don't know, it, it's kind of, I found entertainment. I really enjoy it. Um, I feel more connected to the community and the city and stuff like that. Um, it's good. So th that's kind of how I've been dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think going for walks is, is a bad thing. It's, it's probably good for my fitness, my health and all that stuff as well. So, um, that, that's what I've been doing. It's been helping me out majorly. I've now dubbed myself the, the walk nest monster. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. I, actually, I like that. I like that a lot. That's great. Yeah. That's actually um, a fantastic answer. Um, not to like knock us off track, but um, in regards to like what Carlos was asking, like just that answer is so, so full because a lot, what a lot of the guys have just been saying, like they're playing video games or listening to music or watching Netflix. Like you're the first person who is talking about how it's actually helping your physical and mental health, the things that you're doing to bridge the gap and, mm -hmm. and keep time straight. So yeah, no, I, I, I mean, again, I would, I tried the video game thing. I did a, a CPL yep. tournament thing, and then I got absolutely destroyed. So I, that's when my career started and ended in about a week. Yeah, who won, so who, that's when I'm like, you know, maybe I'll take up walking. Who won it? <laughs> it was your boy. Oh, oh really? Oh. oh, Anthony's trying to play some games here, man. Anthony, keepers are a brotherhood, bro. You're trying to, you're trying to like cause some beef, man. Keepers are a brotherhood. Stop this, man. I, I, I did an interview before this whole tournament started because something was posted on social media and Christian was in like some room 
that had like a video game chair and he looked like he had three computers and he had tactics on the wall and stuff and that headphone I'm like he takes that shit seriously man like he's, he's good I'm though like, this guy. yeah i'm not how am i gonna win how am i even gonna score with a guy like this i, I i'm just glad that he did because i don't know how we would have taken it had he lost with all that <laughs> stuff that he bought you know what that's also true he went in very strong but you got to respect that because he went in with confidence and then he took it down. You know, good for him. But, yeah, it could have been – you know what? It was almost similar to, like, the penalty situation. If he started off showing off how cool his video game room is and then he sucked, he would have looked like an idiot. Just like if I would have kicked the penalty away and not saved it, I would look like an idiot. But he uh, won the tournament. So I, bet you, I, bet you could have, I bet you wish you could have kicked his controller away. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, luckily, I actually never got matched up against Christian – it was, I was having nightmares leading into those times, <laughs> thinking I was going to get the schedule in the morning saying you're playing Halifax. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, luckily I never got to play him. It was unfair. I would definitely be like the guy trying to text him, like, yo, do you want to just say, like, you won 3 nil? <laughs> but knowing him, he would just try to, like, take me down in the game. Yeah, pretend that, pretend that your Wi-Fi connection dropped, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Power went out. Yeah, power went out. I've seen that one before. Madden tournaments. Just, I know you were talking there about Calgary and you're getting to explore the city and stuff like that. So if a Halifax fan was going to make the pilgrimage out to uh, Atco Field and stuff like that, what can they expect and what's the best places to go in Calgary? That's yeah, cool. Um, so leading up to the game, I know the, the foot soldiers love to go to Ship and Anchor and Rose and Crown. I think I'm actually at Rose and Crown right now. This is actually the patio I was at. Shout out to Rose and Crown. Shout out to Rose and Crown. Rose and Crown, yeah. <laughs> but those are like the two bars that I would say supported us the most. There's other bars as well, but I'm saying downtown um, that, that I've been to. Um, Rose and Crown and Ship and Anchor, they're, they're, they're just like classic. And I'll... Ship and Anchor is kind of like a maritime bar, so you, it's right up your alley. I know it doesn't sound like you're born in, like, born and raised in Halifax, but you're now living there, so it'd be more used to it. Only me. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely sound like you're from Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we drink like maritimers, though. <laughs> yeah, we definitely drink like maritimers, no matter where yeah, you're from. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, down, down, down the pub at the UN, that's pretty much what we are. <laughs> Yeah, and then coming to the game, I mean, the stadium's cool. Um, the foot soldiers are awesome. The atmosphere, the fans, they're, they're really into it. Um, you know, a lot, along with you guys, I would say they're definitely the two top uh, supporters in the league, in, in my opinion. And, yeah, it, it, I, you guys love it. I, anyone who would experience it. I, I'm telling my friends even that I've made in, that I've made in the city here that have never even been to a soccer game. I was like, guys, just give it a chance. Like, I promise you, you will like it more than a hockey game. Yeah. Because you're more, especially if, if you like drinking, you like sports. You know, you could yell, you could scream, it's, it, you could sing, you could drink. There's just, I feel like it's way more of a cool environment than, than maybe a hockey game is. Um, and that's what makes soccer so special. So I've been, I've been making that pitch to tons of my friends. <laughs> and hopefully they come to some games this year. Straight it helps us too. Yeah, it's, it's the same. Like, I mean, like, I've gone to a few, like, the Mooseheads are the biggest team here in Halifax. And, you know, there's a few chants that happen throughout the game, but it's never like a kind of intense, uh, full on through the 90 minutes of the, the game kind of intense. And uh, just when you get to the kitchen, it's some experience, like, here in Halifax that kind of blew me away. Like, 
obviously I've seen games back home and all that kind of stuff, but um, the fans here have definitely bought into the whole thing and it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think that goes for a lot of the teams in CPL, to be honest. If, yeah. I think soccer in Canada might have had this stereotype over it, but I, uh, the biggest thing is if, if you go to one, I think more times than not, you're, you're going you're gonna to enjoy and you're going to go to more. So it's just getting them out for the first time, and then they'll, they'll, they'll love the atmosphere. I think that's, that's a, lot of the, a lot of what we owe Halifax's success to. Um, I mean, we had the big crowds at the start, but, you know, Halifax is kind of a flash in the pan city, something new, everybody flocks to it, and then it kind of tapers off. But I think people kind of resonated to the experience. And I've heard the same thing in Calgary, like the, the crowds weren't sold out at the very beginning, but they got to that point with word of mouth, with success. And I mean, people like yourself, players talking to people, trying to convince their friends to come out, because I mean, I'm sure your friends got friends got friends. And, you know, it, 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 it builds a culture and a community. And it's good to hear that a player like yourself is actually trying to convince their people to come out because I, I know some guys in the league just are trying to collect the paycheck, move on to the next team, right? So it's cool that you, you, you embrace the culture of the league already. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's a big reason why I wanted to come back. And I, I wish it was something that was going on when I was younger so I could kind of <laughs> – aspire to, to, to play in a league one day because when I was playing youth like TFC wasn't even a thing like there was yeah. no real Canadian teams in MLS so now I, I mean soccer's cool <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with it so to sum it up like, right there soccer's you, cool you just got to give it a chance and, and I know if people come to it and again that was my experience last year when I invited some of my friends to the games like oh yeah that was wicked like and again, you tell people, they're like, I thought you just like play in a park and I had to like bring my own chair. <laughs> and I'm like, like no, it's pictures on your phone. Me and Sergio last year brought some of our friends and <laughs> they brought their chairs to Spruce <laughs> Meadows is a thing. So it's like a big facility. So you can't really see the stadium. So you don't really know what the seating's like if you've never been. And they're just completely oblivious. Yeah. And they literally brought like lawn oh, chairs, like, like, like your mom's <laughs> like brain. Canada Day fireworks, something like that. <laughs> and then the security had to be like, no, like you're gonna have to bring those back. Like you have this seat. <laughs> like there's a the seat there. This most, that's, that's amazing. That's the most Canadian thing of all time. It soccer, is. <laughs> soccer hooligans sent back with lawn chairs. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna love that I told that story. I'm definitely gonna send them this part of the podcast. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. So, um, just uh, just another quickly little question for you. So, um, this is the kind of one you'll always get on a podcast, and I apologize. But what's been the best save you can remember, and what's the worst blunder you've ever made? Um, From last year or my career? Your career. Best save. Like strikers always remember their best goal. I just feel like goalkeepers would be the best. No. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because I remember. That's not true, Anthony. <laughs> Sorry, Nico. Sorry, Nico. Goalies, exactly. Like I was just about to say, goalies will always remember the blunder, but not the save. No, no. That I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I could definitely remember the biggest blunder, and. I could laugh about it now because <laughs> it's now. Go ahead. But I was in – do you want me to tell the story or no? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I was in I was in school uh, college for two years in Michigan. I ended up transferring to another school in the same conference, but I, I had a pretty good reputation coming into the school. Um, they everyone in the school kind of knew like there was a new transfer goalkeeper coming in, and there, there was a bit of hype around the team this year. I think maybe they can make a push to the national championship. Anyways, we're our first spring season game. It's the first time that you know the Calvin you know alumni and student body, whoever it might have been at the game, could come see the team, but also see the new transfer goalkeeper that they got. The game's cruising. You know, we're doing well. It's zero zero. It's classic spring star for like preseason game. Nothing's really happening. There's not much fluidity in the game. And then all of a sudden, my center back, who in his defense isn't a center back. We had a couple injuries in preseason. So he was like a freshman mid, like, six that wasn't expected to start but he kind of just got the baptism of fire and and he was doing well he the ball kind of gets played to him bouncing he kind of panics but he's a technical but doesn't and he hits it back to me and i swear to god this ball gets knocked in the air like 40 yards in the air just an absolute like loop into me (laughs) like as a back pass to me and I'm looking at this ball and obviously the striker's running at me and I'm like, I'm like, I've never seen a ball like this in my life. I've never been in that situation where I had to trap a ball that's so high up in the air. And I guess I'm just confidence level 100. I go to like, take like a silky, like almost like a pancake esque touch where I just imagine it in my head and just stopping on my foot. And I like <laughs> the striker and just like play coolly out the back. This is what I'm envisioning as the ball's in the air. And the ball just comes. I go to take that touch and it just misses my foot, goes right underneath my foot, gets on in the back of the net, and we lose one nothing. Oh. And I just remember thinking, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, wow. Like, again, I've always had thick skin, and I could deal with mistakes relatively well. So I was, I was like, fine mentally. But I was just like, man, everyone for the next week, because we didn't have another game for another week on campus, is now saying, yo, that new goalie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember thinking, I'm like, wow, like, what, what an intro. <laughs> what a day to do. <laughs> So that's my biggest blooper. Um, some good saves. Yeah, I made a couple good saves maybe last year, but I'm, I'm not going to go into how sweet my saves were. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, you operate uh, giant video productions. It's you that does that, right? I guess because of your yep. name and stuff like that, which uh, specializes in making highlight videos for uh, players and stuff like that. How did you get into that? Yeah, again, this is like a classic, like I just did it for fun and I did it for myself. So I've always been into like YouTube videos and, and kind of like played around with video editing and, and stuff. But sometimes like when I was younger, it was for like comedy skits that I thought would be like funny and stuff like that, whether it was like Ooh, for school out, projects are they out for there? School projects and stuff like that. <laughs> are they out there? Yeah, probably. You <laughs> <laughs> try, try to whisper that one out, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but like again, it was like with me and my friends, so it'd be like titled like 
geography project and it's just like some outrageous like skit that I would have made but yeah so then obviously going through my career especially in college um I just made my own highlight tapes um again just it was a big thing for my like my family because they could rarely like see me play and all that so this was like a way of showing like my grandparents and stuff like that like oh this is what I did this year because you know my parents are my parents are like European and pretty old school and then my grandparents are even older so they don't have cell phones internet anything like that so when I came home for Christmas I would always show them my highlight tapes so that's how I kind of got into making highlight tapes and it wasn't until a few years later that one of my again just one of my friends like hey like do you mind if you can make a video for me I go yeah sure no problem I made it. I, I, again, I just did it. No money or anything like that. And then he bought me like dinner. He's like, man, you should do this as like a little business. Like it's something you could do while you're still playing and, and maybe it grows and you're obviously good at it and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, maybe. And then he recommended me to a friend. And then from there, they recommended me, me to someone else. And it's kind of gone like that. I've never, ever like marketed it as like a business or like a side hustle. I don't really advertise that often. Sometimes I make little stories just because I think it kind of looks cool. Like the aesthetic kind of looks neat. Um, and it's kind of spread like that. So now, I, you know, I would say consistently people are coming to me saying, um, that I need a highlight tape done. Um, and I do that. And I've, I've gotten guys in the league, in the CPL that have done it. I've gotten guys that are trying to get scholarships in the States done it. I've, I've kind of done uh, a wide range of players. But then also on that platform, like, I still um, plan on maybe using that in the future. Like, it, it's just kind of open-ended. Like, it could be highlight tapes. But maybe I could get back into doing, like, funny comedy skits or really anything video video production style. It, it's kind of left it open for that, even videography and stuff like that. So it's, it's a platform there that, that I use. Um, but I wouldn't say it's just for um, highlight tapes now. I've, I've kind of opened it up to anything if anyone is interested in any kind of skill video wise, uh, I'd be open to, to seeing if I could do it at least. So is there a website for it? Yeah. So <laughs> we got a, we got a website made. We, we got a proper guy just again, just because I thought it looked kind of cool to have a website a bit. Um, so we like paid a guy to make a website, but yeah, the website's called giant video productions with an S dot org. So it's even more legit that we have .org because usually you <laughs> gotta get like <laughs> you know you gotta get a bunch of slashes and like Wix page and we got org so we're legit. So, uh, so did you put like the the blooper into the, your grandparents' uh, highlight reel? Uh, no. <laughs> hey, I ruined no. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, because. Mostly because they were paying for my schooling. Right. So they knew I was going to school and I was also not only getting bad grades, but also sucking at soccer. They would probably have pulled me out of school. <laughs> I think I never, they never let, I never let him go. <laughs> so like, he should be playing for Manchester United. I don't understand it. This kid just can't catch the brakes. <laughs> He's never done anything wrong. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're telling people in, in their hometown that, yeah, my son is the best goalie. Yeah. Well, you know. That's I want all of time. That's the, uh, that's, that's the joys of uh, grandparents, right? They'll believe anything, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Chris, Carlos, did you have questions? I actually not. The man, 
Nico, this is like I was just saying to my grandfather when I stepped up for a second. I said, "There's something about these cavalry guys. You guys are all like the best interviews so far, in my personal opinion. Like, you guys are all characters, man, and and your openness." Who, who have you interviewed on the team? Jordan Brown, uh, Joel Waterman from last year. Am I missing anybody, Anthony? That's all we've had so far. I'm. Uh, I was reaching out to. Uh, Jay Wilden today to so see yeah. get him on. Uh, and uh, and Jose said he was interested once he was settled. So, um, and even like last year, watching you guys play the couple times you were here, there was just that, that you were talking about the pregame, how you were interacting with the fans. Like I even found during the games, there were a lot of your players that were kind of hearing the chirps and, and interacting with the chirps and making memories for our fans. And after the games, um, Dominic Zator specifically, like a couple of us went over, we walked across the field to give him props because he put in such a great performance and he was so receptive to our love. And, and I've been saying people to people for the last couple of months, you might hate these cavalry guys for 90 minutes, but these are good people. And we appreciate you guys doing this with us, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I think, yeah, just adding on to, I, I, I just think it's because, and again, I would I would like to assume that a lot more guys in the league are also would would do the same. But I mean, we're all again just like I said earlier, like we're trying to grow this league. It's 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 obviously something that's amazing for Canada soccer, but it's also amazing. It's something that we wish we had. Um, so I mean, I know I go into it, you know, whether it's at practice or away games or home games. Like I'm always trying to, you know, make it cool for somebody. I mean. Again, if you have time for a quick story, like I had, I used to, I was a big hockey guy, and I, I, um, I always used to go to my local like hockey team games, and I remember one time I, my sister kind of knew uh, uh, her friend's brother was on the team, but again, he has no idea who I am and all that. And after the game, like he took the time, he like gave me a stick, he like talked to me and stuff. Like we had like an actual conversation, and this was before like phones and all that. So obviously, I didn't ask for like a selfie or anything like that. But like, he was just cool, and I just remember. And like, I still think about that now. I'm like, that was like awesome. And like, I remember going to school the next day, and I told everyone like, oh, I spoke to Daryl Levi, like, and it was awesome and all. And like, that's like who I could like I could care less if people think I'm a good or a bad goalkeeper. Like, I know if I'm a I'm a good goalkeeper, and you know, it's up to my coaches. Those are the only people that could really tell me that. I, I only care if people are saying, like, oh, you know, Nico's a good guy. Like, he had respect for the fans. He had respect for the game. And uh, he, he was just a good person. And, and that's kind of stuck in me. But, it's again, it's because of that experience I had as a kid. So, again, it's just trying to, like, pass it along. And, and hopefully those kids, when they're playing in the CPL, if they had any interaction with Zats, you know, Sergio, Nico Pasquati, you know, JB, any of those guys, like hopefully they just do the exact same thing. And now we just start a trend that, and that, and that's how you, you get the league to grow and, and get people to really, to love it. So um, at the, just before uh, we finish up, we do do like a little couple of questions at the end here. So Carlos also has a question he asks everybody. So far away, Carlos. Um, yeah, Nico, what are your top three keepers that you admire like from any league? Could be yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's good. I'll give I'll give one one. So in the Bundesliga, I think I think Neuer is the best goalkeeper in the world. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think I think he's just reminding people now why he's always been the best goalkeeper. I think people kind of fell off him a bit. Again, it's a, it's an opinion. 
my personal, I think he's the best. He just makes the game look so simple. And that might be why people don't think he's the best because he makes it look so easy and he's, he's not that flashy. So I think he's the best in the world. After that, I love watching um, Jan Oblak, uh, Atletico. Um, again, I, I think we have similar traits. He's a bit unorthodox. He's like lanky like me. He's long. <laughs> Um, so I, I like modeling my game after him. Uh, so I think he's a top goal. And then in the MLS, just because again, that's, that, that's the league I watch the most. Um, I love Steve Clark. He's the Portland Timbers goalkeeper. Yes. Um, he's good. He, went school, he went to school in Michigan. He's, he's got a great story. I, I got to have a quick phone call with him when I was in college. This is when he was just coming back to the crew. He's just a good guy again. So I, I love I, – I, first and foremost, he's a great goalkeeper, but he's also a good person. Um, so those, those are my three goalkeepers that I watch the most, to be honest. I, I, I love watching Steve Clark highlights, even if he's not, you know, regarded as the best in the world. He's obviously a tremendously talented goalkeeper, and you could pick something from him. So uh, those are my three favorites to watch. If you're going to um, take part in a five-a-side tournament – and you get to pick five players that you've played alongside. Uh, what players would you pick? I put. Am, am I am I trying to win this tournament, or am I just trying to have a good? <laughs> okay, well, that's actually a good question. Here. I had that's a really I good had, question. I, I, we had uh, Zach Zach Seconda on the other day, and he had Nesta and Drogba in this fucking team. Uh, I, I, had, I had a guy. I had a guy. I had a guy from uh, Shamrock Rovers back in Ireland who played with Harry Kane when he was uh, in the youth system. So he had Harry Kane in his team. Like fucking. Hell. I compete well, with I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that whoever I've played with yeah. isn't gonna win a world five five tournament. Okay. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick my team off of who I'm going to enjoy the locker room with the most. And there'll be tons of jokes. And if we, score, if we score an away trip, they're going to be great on the night out. Um, I'm going to cut it. So I'm, I'm the goalie. <laughs> um, Sergio Camargo. Of course. Um, I, I like um, Mason Trafford to go out with. I think he's really funny. He's obviously older now. Uh, you know, he's got a wife and a kid, but, you know, I think he's hilarious, so I'm definitely going to pick Mason. Then I'm going to dip into my, my Australian teammate. I'm going to go another midfielder, Mitch Oxbro. Okay. Uh, he's, he's a wild card, <laughs> to say the least. He's a, he's a great midfielder, played in the A-League, he's, but he, he, was, he, was, he was always fun. Um, Scott Robertson, who played also with me in Australia. He was my roommate in Australia. And then a striker. JB and Malonga just aren't the funnest guys. They're great soccer players. They're not the funnest guys. Oh, God. I mean, I would put, uh, you know, I'll put, I don't even know if I can say this. I'll put, uh, I'll put. Go for it. Uh, you have to say it now, I'll, man. I'll put, I'll, put, I'll put my buddy here. One sec, where is he? Uh, Iski Van Dorn. I played with him in college, and uh, I would put him a striker. What's up, uh, Iski? On my five aside team. You made What's up, Iski? You made the team, Iski, bro. Iski, 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 Iski. 
I'm banging in goals. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just fill you guys. I'll just fill them in. So basically, this is a good book. <laughs> Yo, you might have to keep this video, Anthony. This is a good video. That you've ever played with. I don't know. Am I trying to pick the best team like to win, or am I trying to pick the best team to go out? With? <laughs> and I'm like, obviously, I don't think I played with the caliber to win the best. World five, so I picked the tonight out. Yeah. I went you, Isk. I picked Mason. Nice. Me, and I picked the, uh, Scotty Robbo from Australia. But uh, I think they're five. I leave you at home here. You go. You tip twenty five percent tonight. Yeah, just uh, I'll send you the bill in the mail for how much yeah. you tip. It's a Carlos Benitez one eighty five. I'm just glad you didn't use my my one of my seven emails, Anthony. Just just make a check out to Giant Video Production. Yes, your best and worst Aussie foods. My best and worst Aussie what? Food. Jokes. Uh, I don't know about jokes. I could say like sayings. Um, we had a we had a president at, at my at Devonport, and whenever we sung, no matter what time, whether I'm in a rush or I was in at time, he would stop me. He goes, "Good eye, mate." <laughs> That's how he always said hi to me. So I yeah. said, I said food. <laughs> you said food. Said no, food. but that's Sergio, one of the Sergio, greatest. Sergio's the one. Sergio's the one who goes. Yeah, he said joke. <laughs> um, Fuck you, Sergio. Yo, Sergio, you're coming on next, bro. You're coming on the show next, man. Yeah. All right, but I have to be really drunk, though. <laughs> Deal. This is down to pop. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Okay, to answer your question quick though, food, I love meat pies. I don't know if you've ever yes. heard of them. I'm yep. sure you with your accent, yes. you've heard of them. They're good. Pre-game superstition, pre-game song, pre-game meal. <laughs> yeah. I got quick questions. I got three. <laughs> uh, yes. No, no, no. Uh, superstition uh, in the locker room. Yeah, I, I, I don't have much, but before a game, I always touch my post. I head the crossbar, and then I touch the other post. Um, the whole team, uh, we love listening to the song Win. Again, just put that in your mind. Yeah. By J-Rock. Uh, I mean, J-Rock. Personally, now I've yeah. heard that song so many times, I don't like the song. But, you know, it gets me in the mood to win. So I like that. Um, and what was the last part? Well, meal, and you were just talking about the meat pies, but I don't well, know if I mean, you meat dig meat into meat a meat pie before a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Um, yeah, definitely meat pie after a game isn't my go-to thing. Um, pre-game or after game? Both, brother, if you want to share both, but pre-game is both. more so. Both. Uh, it's pretty boring. I just have uh, like a chicken breast with, with a bunch of broccoli. Yeah, no, not too, not too. I bet you didn't expect that answer. Perfect. So, yeah, I've always done that. Um, and then after the game, yeah, after the game is when I kind of like to enjoy. So I usually, I, it's usually late because it's an evening game. So I'll get like an app or something like that, whether it's in the, the club rooms after the game or, uh, yeah, it's not the most, it varies from 
kind of dips or little sandwiches and stuff like that. All right, man. Um, really appreciate you taking the time away from drinking to hang out with us. <laughs> I mainly went there because it was Wing Wednesday, not Wine Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> straight up, straight up. Baby. <laughs> Mo Moscow Mule Mondays must be really fun. <laughs> oh, so it's not Monday? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, man, I really appreciate you hanging out with us. Oh, one last quick question. Why is Marco Carducci way better than you? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Yo, Nico, bro, once the ball gets rolling and you guys are kind of in your mode, come back on again sometime with us, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. No, these, this is definitely one of the, one of the more fun podcasts I've done. And no, I appreciate it. This has been, it's been good quarantine. Yeah. And now I've got a bit of jokes going. This is, this is, I feel like I'm back in with the boys. Awesome. <laughs> appreciate so, you, man. Take, so take much. care. Take no care problem, guys. Take care. Thanks to Nico for joining us this week. Thanks to Chris and Carlos for hanging out too. We really appreciate everyone who takes the time to check out the show. Your support really does mean a lot to us. So thank you. Make sure to check out our new store. You can find the link at downthepub.ca. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Our next episode is with former Fury player Richie Ryan. Don't forget to check that out. So until next time, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ta to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.